Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very, very special guest. Not only is this a very special guest, but this is a very special episode. This is episode 100. And I have my very dear friend, Mrs. Lynn LaSalle. Lynn LaSalle is an entrepreneur at heart who worked while raising two wonderful sons that are now successful business professionals themselves. Her greatest passion is her children. With that said, she she devoted everything, every moment, and every ounce of energy to taking care of her family while also focusing on work and never recognized that she had lost a sense of herself in the process. Today, as a certified health and life coach with a degree in business management and marketing, Lynn is dedicated to helping career moms who feel like she did. She helps them discover that their secret identity they didn't know they had. The work they do together helps them take back control of every day and put the quality they desire into every area of their life. Lynn discovered that many professional moms and dads alike have this experience, which which led to the founding of Inner Power Partners, a collaboration of career parents working toward building quality relationships and developing connections between their personal development and business achievement. Lynn's mission is to show professional leaders how to take back control of their lives, love who they are, and what they do to, again, to achieve their success potential. This is the third time Lynn has been on my show. The first time she interviewed me as I celebrated 50 episodes, I then interviewed Lynn for episode 80, and now here we are for episode 100. (laughs) Thanks, Nicole. It's great to be here. Awesome. So before we dive into the interview, Lynn is going to flip it on me. And I usually ask my guests some fun icebreaker questions. Lynn's going to ask me the questions and then we'll dive into the interview. Well, first, I just want to say it's an honor to be able to be here for your 100th episode. We first met right before your 50th. So it's been quite a journey with lots of fun and interaction between the two of us. So I'm, I'm really excited and honored to be able to do this in reverse for you. So with that said, tell the listeners, what is your favorite book now at your hundredth episode? Yes. And it's so funny. So I have a ton of favorite books, but a current one that I'm reading that I'm really enjoying is Life Pass. I do not want to botch her name, so I'm not going to say her name, but it is by the woman who created Class Pass. Are you familiar with the app? class pass. You could register and look for like any classes that are available, dancing classes, gym classes. It's a pretty ingenious thing. So that's a pretty, pretty cool book that I'm reading now. And one of my current favorites is probably Big Magic. I believe it's by Elizabeth Gilbert. And that's for anybody. If you've ever kind of doubted your potential or need some encouragement and some motivation, Big Magic is a wonderful book for that. I'm guessing that through some of this reading, you've kind of discovered your superpower. So what would you say that is, Nicole? 
my superpower, and I've thought about this, I think we all come with several if we really think about it, but I would probably say one that has really helped me in life has been my adaptability. The fact that I can adapt to many different situations and kind of be resilient with it, I think is a skill that is kind of that I'm very thankful for. So whether it's a good something got adapted from a good situation or bad situation, I've, I've really been able to kind of adapt to whatever is thrown my way. And that has definitely helped me throughout life. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So now I'm kind of curious, what's your favorite holiday of all the things that are across the calendar? My favorite holiday will probably be Christmas. I love just the idea of family. Now that I have my little guy and now that he is older to understand, you know, it's making Christmas lists and decorating and seeing his face. So now that I can kind of really live through his eyes, that has been a magical holiday. Decorating for it. I don't necessarily enjoy taking everything down because it's so much. I'm like, goodness gracious, we put a lot of decorations up. But yeah, it has to be Christmas and all the family time together. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think what's most important for your listeners to be reminded about is that you are a mom yourself. And that was really what sparked you to even begin this podcast. For sure. And so as we're celebrating the 100th episode, it would be wonderful if they could hear what your values are that guide you and your family. Definitely. I would say since my son being born and really having to think deeper of the kind of woman I want to be, the kind of mom I want to be, the kind of wife and my husband and I, I think it's like this unspoken thing. Definitely kindness is at the top of the list. Kindness for each other, kindness for strangers, respect, honesty, and communication. I think those are the top four. And truly in thinking about it of in talking to my son, those are, and I would say for internally, we're always telling him or I'm always telling him for sure to be kind, to be confident when he goes to school. So honesty, communication, kindness, and respect probably within our household. Absolutely. I think that's incredible because those are very important values that guide you. So thank you for sharing that. So let's get a little fun here for a second and say if you could travel anywhere right now, where would you go? Hands down, Italy, my favorite place in the world. We went to Tuscany in 2015 and stayed in this little villa that was like, I don't know, something taken from like a postcard. It was the most magical place I had ever been. I only got to stay there for four days, but I had told Jaren at the time, if someone said, hey, you know, you can live here in this home. I would have left everything and stayed there. And I've been dying to go back. So definitely Tuscany, Italy. Thanks so much for sharing all of that with everyone. It was very interesting to hear. So all of that being said, I know you keep mentioning your husband and your son together. So what has motherhood taught you? At this point now, even more so, and I know you can attest to this as a mother, it's like just when you think you have one something figured out, then another stage comes. And Jace is in this really curious stage, even more so. He can talk full sentences. And I think I'm just more so blown away by, number one, how fast it really, truly goes. And it's taught me up until this point that truthfully, 150%, if I am looking to 
want to have my son have the values like kindness, respect, honesty, and communication. Number one, my husband and I have to emulate that to each other. And I have to emulate that myself as well. My son observes everything, even like the slightest things that he has seen and noticed. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, wow, he heard that or he saw that. So yeah, I think it's really made me have to kind of pause and let go of the ego and say, I can't get upset at him if let's say he raises his voice, my little guy, or does something impatiently when that's how I catch myself doing the same to him. And I know we come, at least my generation of, you know, like, well, I'm the parent and you're the child and I can say this. But there is some truth to if you want your child or children to do certain things, you have to emulate that 150%. And even Jace told me the other day, and he was like, mommy, I don't like when you yell. You know, I don't go around yelling. But of course, when I've said his name five or six times, and then I'm like, I say his name. So we had a conversation about that. But he's four. And I said, well, I apologize. I said, but mommy also doesn't like calling your name six times. So it turned into this like conversation and he kind of understood that. And now like when I say his name three times, like I'll look at him like, you see the yelling is going to come and he'll be like, okay, okay, I'm coming. It's just made me realize like whatever I'm trying to make sure my son is, whatever that is, I have to look within myself. My husband and I have to look within ourselves and say, okay, are we doing what we're asking of him to do as well? I think that's a an incredible lesson. And I say that because not everybody gets that insight that kids hear and see so much at an early age and then might wonder when they're older, how did they know that, you know, and then it's a surprise. So it sounds like having that insight from what motherhood has taught you has given you a valuable tool going forward as you raise your son. And I, I want to congratulate you on that. A hundred percent. But I also have to attest some of that to, to my son because he has made that right. Because he could easily hold that in. He could easily not tell me certain things. He could easily hold it in and not have that. And maybe just observe to where quietly I'm not understanding, mm -hmm. but because my son is very vocal and he speaks. And like I said, he's like, mommy, I don't like when you do this, or I don't like this or speak freely, whether that's because who he is you know, just his personality, which I have some of that, or it's also what we've allowed him to do, that has helped me. Because had I not heard that often, I it's easy to forget that these little people that we think are, you know, we know much more than them and that they're not, you know, that they're just little babies. It's like, no, they're just little, little humans that see and hear everything. They just may not express it as someone like my son would. That's very powerful, Nicole. Thanks so much for sharing all of those things with me. And let's just briefly talk about inner power partners at, that you mentioned in the introduction of, of me, abbreviated IPP, right? As we fondly know it now. And what was important to you about inner power partners? Because you've been a part of it since we first started. I would say what it's grown to be is truly the support and the collaborative effort of like-minded professionals. When we first talked about it, goodness, it was August, September of last year. It was the summer, yeah, for sure. Yeah, where we kept meeting up with another colleague, friend. You had this idea like, well, wait a minute, you know, this is, this is great. Look at the way we're talking about our ideas and 
there was no judgment. It was kind of like, well, this is what I've experienced. This is the great stuff. This is kind of what I need support in. And we would just talk, you know, of this idea flowing, like, well, what if there is a mastermind group behind that? And then it, as we know, just kind of steamrolled from there into what it's become. But yeah, I think what I can truly appreciate about it is the collaborative effort and the support. It's like almost like a therapy session for professionals. So where you can come and kind of dump out all of your, at least for me, and, and I can just tell from other people that maybe if they're not as talkative as I am, that they're ingesting it all, but they're learning from it. So, you know, whether you're someone like me who just has to expunge everything from the week or someone who maybe is not as talkative with what's going on, but then they're learning from the conversations. And then, of course, the questions that you ask every week. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I've I've most appreciated about it. What about you? Me? Well, when I came up with this idea, it was really all about sharing a message, getting a message out. Because, you know, I've heard you talk about all of the guests that you speak to on your podcast and how moms aren't. I believe most of these moms, if not all of them, are all working moms, right? And that's that's my main focus. And I said, well, I'm meeting so many other professionals who can use that support. And this podcast is giving the mom support. Well, there's a lot of professionals out there at different ages, different stages. And it seems like with everything that we've all been through over the last few years, it was just important. And I think most often we don't, recognize that it's okay to ask for support just because we may want to be able to collaborate, share ideas, or even just vent about something that may be going on unconditionally. We think that maybe there's something attached to that. So I think the beautiful thing about this group, which has grown into multiple locations, is people are able to unconditionally, without judgment, come into a circle of people and talk about what's going on at work, what's going on at home, how does it all connect together? And it's making people feel stronger and more confident. And I'm glad that we were able to do that because when you and our other colleague and myself sat in a pizza place when this whole idea came to play, that was what we gained from it. And so the fact that we were able to bring it to something bigger that's growing, you know, we try to help one person at a time and the more we can help and the more that person can trigger another person in a good way, that's all we could hope for in this world, right? Uh So that maybe we could all slow down like as if we lived in Tuscany. (laughs) For sure. And, you know, it made me think because I'm like, I think I said like-minded, but I think the beauty of it too is that as much as we're like-minded in the sense of being professionals and we might have families, we all come from different walks of life. And I know you see more of the diversity because there's the Monday night group, the Thursday, we are the Wednesday, and it's growing with, again, continuingly of different ages, different races, cultures, and all of that. I think the beauty of it as well is that we aren't all like-minded and see things from different perspectives. It's one of the reasons why I love my podcast and why, you know, I've stuck with it for so long, I believe, is the, is the beauty and the power of conversing. You know, I've learned from women who live in, you know, Wisconsin. And again, you know, we have nothing in common other than being moms, right? And we're two women, but we want to do what's best for our families, want to do what's best for ourselves. So I think, 
there's beauty in that. And I, I wanted to make that clear distinction that the like-mindedness is really just maybe that we're professionals. Most of us are parents or business owners, whatever. But we offer so many different perspectives and we always leave learning something, whether about each other or saying, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. And that I think is the true power of the inner power partners. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The like-mindedness is really that umbrella of professionals who are also parents. And interestingly enough, we have a few younger people who aren't parents yet, but can see things from even a, a, a different perspective. And that brings value also, because when we can hear things that are outside our own radar, it can spark bigger and better ideas, shifts in our mindset that can definitely improve the way we do everything. And, and that's very powerful. So thank you for making that distinction about the like-mindedness. Here we are, we've talked about some of our journey together and your journey as a mom. We're at our hundredth episode we're doing together for the Mama's No Best podcast, a hundred, 100 episodes. And I can attest to how much you have put into the value of this podcast. How do you feel? It's kind of surreal. I think when I first started, I've said this, I always looked at it as a hobby and it's and, and a way for me to kind of vent and talk to moms and truly give other women a safe space to kind of say what they needed to say. And for other women, if it helped one person kind of connect with the story or not feel alone, not suffer in silence and say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Why maybe I'm feeling this way or again, offer a different perspective that maybe they never thought to have. That was really why I started it. So to be a hundred episodes in, it's just just really surreal. It really is a dream come true. And um, yeah, a lot of, I say blood, sweat and tears. So really minus the blood, probably more sweat and tears. I've had, you know, at, you know, times where I've cried because an episode was so special or times that I cried because I realized I didn't hit record. <laughs> and the whole episode, we, you know, we lost it or, you know, so or technical glitches. There was a woman that I, I recorded with recently and she lived in like the forest of Michigan and her her Wi-Fi wasn't supported with my virtual studio. So her episode wouldn't upload, but she graciously, you know, and I felt really compelled to want to share her story. She's a mental health therapist that deals with Gen Zers. And actually that episode comes out in a couple of weeks. So we had to re-record on Zoom. So it's like all the, and that's, that's anxiety, right? Of like, oh, the episode. So yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of sweat and tears and time and energy that has put into this. And I'm just so thankful to be here hundred episodes later and that it has grown tremendously and for my listeners and supporters. That's great. Thank you for sharing all of that. What has changed or stayed the same since the last time we chatted on your 50th episode? I think what has stayed the same is the integrity of the show still showing, still having those powerful conversations. I think what has changed has been now people are reaching out to me more so to be on my show. I remember in the beginning, I was like, am I even going to have enough to have a weekly episode? You know, is this going to, is can I sustain this? There were a lot of questions, a lot of doubt when I first started. It was, you know, family, friends, me reaching out to people on 
Instagram DMs who didn't even know me. And I'm like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And I'm so thankful. I think all of them, but maybe one or two said yes, you know. And so, yeah, I think what has changed has been that people are not coming to me. I had a wait list at some time. It was like March. And I was like, yeah, I'm not recording till like May or June. I had a wait list. You know, I was already full to record. What also has changed is how I record and setting boundaries. You know, it takes, like we said, a lot of my energy to sit and talk with my guest. I make sure that I allow them time to say their story, to speak their truth. So it's not something I ever want to rush. So after a long day to know I have to come sit and record, it, it takes energy. So I've learned, you know, when to record, to kind of set boundaries with recording, to make sure that I am at my best, right? And I'm not depleted when I'm about to have a conversation with someone. And then also that I was voted the number four of the top 50 moms in podcasts in podcast magazines. So the the notoriety of the show, I guess, uh, has been amazing and just being recognized by my local community, that has changed. And again, I wasn't sure if that was going to be, but as you and I have spoken, I was very intentional about saying that this year I was going to focus more on growing it. And I think me manifesting that, but also doing the work and being consistent with it, it's paying off, which I think solidified that I'm living the purpose in sharing these powerful stories. Well, you've just shared a lot of information and you've shared a little bit about what you've learned over the last two and a half years doing a hundred episodes. Curious if there's anything else that you may have learned during that time period that you might want to share with your listeners. Anything else? Probably that, you know, being a mom is truly the hardest. And I don't even like to say job because I'm like, you know, I don't know what other word to call it other than mm. another role that we play, whatever that is. It really is the hardest. And it's so, so important to surround yourself with a village and whatever that looks like for you. I spoke to a mom who was in the army. She was a, actually a, a veteran. And we had to speak about that and her growing her community and how they had to actively work in building their community. You know, I think what I've learned or what I continue to see is that women truly, truly need a village around them. And my mission is to continue to build on that village and whatever that looks like, whether it's through collaborations to offer resources, because throughout a lot of the mom stories, that has always been a common theme. Either they were suffering in some way because they didn't have the village or their village helped propel them. Either way, the village was needed in some capacity. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. What's next? You know, where do we see the podcast going in the next two and a half years and the next hundred episodes? Whew, so many wonderful things. So hopefully I'll be voted the number one of the top 50 moms in podcasting, but also I'll be transferring or transitioning to video. So episode 101 and moving forward uh, will be video. I will be opening or creating my YouTube channel. Again, trying to reach even more and more people, mothers, fathers as well. I think men, you know, can also attest and learn, I think, to get a, a sense of maybe what their wife or partner may be going through that maybe they've never communicated about or they didn't know how to communicate. So definitely, I think men can also 
gain and learn from the show. I know my husband listens and has learned from it. A couple of IPP members that listen to the show and other men that I know. So absolutely. So we don't want to discount the men, the males. So yeah, so just growing and transitioning to video, another 100 and so episodes. I'd like to be, you know, to continue to promote it. Maybe one day being on Good Morning America or the Today Show talking about it and what my mission is and collaborations. Definitely looking for collaborations, sponsorships. I would love to start with the local community first. I think tapping into my local community is ideal and will probably be the top of my list and then working my way nationally and globally. Domination. (laughs) Big, big ideas, but I'm sure you will get there. (laughs) I'm confident. I'm confident. So we've talked, you know, a lot around your podcast and what that means to you, what stayed the same, what's changed, what you've learned. Let's talk a little bit more about Nicole, the person. Okay. And let's, if you're willing to share with the listeners, how do you stay grounded and refreshed? Mm -hmm. Oh, good question. So staying grounded. So there's a different, different areas. So one of the things that really keeps me grounded, humbled, whatever, you know, kind of like really level headed is spending time with my family and close friends, whether it's your partner, spouse, parents, best friend, I think you need a sounding board. And mine is my husband. And I am thankful every day that he is that sounding board. You know, anytime, I kind of, the doubt creeps in or the, what am I doing? You know, like I was just on this high of being in the local feature, being voted top four. And then all it took was a little something just this week that made me second guess all of that. And I was like, well, can I this? And the first person I knew I can go to was my husband. And yes, you do have to believe in yourself, but I think you still need that piggyback for when you're, when you start to kind of come down because we all have those, you know, ebbs and flows you need someone to kind of lift you up. So he definitely keeps me grounded. Also making time for myself. I know that's cliche, but it's so true. And moms, if you listen to this podcast, you know, making time for yourself is key. And I find that where whichever way I can get it, my little guy's four, so he still needs his mama still there. So whether it's reading for a few minutes, whether it's taking a shower and I'm doing some beauty routines in there and I'm wearing a mask, like any little thing that puts a smile on my face. It's funny, I spoke with a mom, actually the episode that posted this week and she was like ladies don't feel guilty about getting a coffee because that's someone making something for you and I was like oh I love that I never thought of it that way so yeah maybe buying myself some coffee or some little retail therapy anything that'll make me smile going for a walk Mm -hmm. so I I find it wherever I can get it and then as far as refresh I think that was the other part refreshed Mm -hmm. I'm learning to work out more and I know that's going to come I've given myself grace I'm not where I want to be as far as the physical aspect of where I was before I had my son because I was like I didn't realize how you know I I catered to my fitness and my self-care in that way and working out, but I've given myself grace and know that it's, it's on the horizon of me getting back to where I was in some capacity. So I'm hoping I should say to get refreshed in that way. I think it's doable. And I'm sure all the moms that are listening to this right now are thinking about the times when they went through exactly the same thing. And as we get older, things change when we have children, things change and it makes it a little bit different. 
not necessarily more or less challenging, but definitely a little bit different as we go forward. But it sounds like you're doing a lot of things to relax and unwind for the day when you're now you have a perspective when you go and get yourself a cup of coffee. Wow. Somebody's making that for me. Yes. I've I've heard somebody say that the best salad they ever ate is the one someone else makes for them. And so that that concept can really be very, very true. So is there anything else that you do to relax and unwind for the day? It's a couple of things. You know, I, I remember I used to feel guilty kind of about watching TV, but I realized that truly is, and I had to be honest, that's my decompression. I love crime shows and it makes me happy. And again, in talking to other women and realizing that now a hundred episodes in, it's that commonality. I think a lot of times we hear the sound bites of, you know, well, you have to be doing this and you should go to bed not watching TV or reading something f- to fulfill you. And me and another mom were talking and it was like, wait a minute, do what makes you happy. So if watching a crime show makes me happy, then do it. So watching TV decompresses me. Having a date night with my husband decompresses me. But on a normal night, probably just watching TV. Once I know that the kitchen is cleaned, I've said goodnight to my son, sometimes having a cup of tea and probably reading and just saying like a nice prayer, having some kind of gratitude of being like, thank you. And then I love to not necessarily journal, but have my planner and kind of get ready for the next day. So I'll plan out my day, look at that. Okay, what do I have planned? And then getting ready for there. That, that helps me. Sounds like you really have an awareness around all of it. And I think we all should definitely have an awareness around it. So thank you for setting that example for your listeners and myself. So we've talked a lot about you being a mom. We've talked about your podcast. We hinted at you being a professional as we talked about Enterpower Partners, but we haven't actually talked about the fact that through all of this, you've been navigating a career of your own. So I'm curious, do you outsource any work? And if so, what do you outsource to be able to do all these other things? That's a good question. Yes, I believe in mom hacks. I believe in outsourcing. So I never looked at it as outsourcing before, but someone had mentioned it. And I agree, I outsource childcare. My son does go to school, right? So I outsource that. He's not home with me. I outsource cleaning. We have cleaning ladies that come to the home. I outsource dry cleaning. I outsource getting my nails done. All of those things, right, that I could either do for myself, but it's part of something that fills me up to where someone does my nails or I'll get a pedicure, making sure the house is clean. So we have, like I said, cleaning ladies, dry cleaning, anything that can kind of save me time in that regard. I wish I could outsource and get a chef, but maybe one day. I do enjoy cooking for my family, but one day I'd like to know that I can bring in a chef maybe a couple of times out of the week or on a Sunday because, yeah, and, and I do, like I said, I enjoy cooking for my family, but I think it's good to know that, you know, that that can be done. But I am, I'm all about outsourcing as needed so that I can then spend more time with my son or more time with my family or more time, you know, with my friends and my parents, you know. And then as far as mom hacks that I also do, one of the biggest things that has saved me time has been timers and we have an Alexa. So in the morning, Alexa goes off at 8 a.m. And my son kind of knows when he hears that he has to get start getting ready, right? He's old enough to put on his clothes. So I might have to call his name a few times to be like, come on, come on. But it's there. It's recognized. And the same thing for me, I have alarms for 
everything. If it's not on my phone, I don't know about it. So I have calendar items, I have alarms, and that has helped me because it's one less thing I have to think about. Yes, I have to create it, but once that alarm is created and it's on a recurring thing, I know every time I hear 8 a.m., okay, he has to get ready, and that has helped. As opposed to not knowing what's going on and then adding another thing that you have to remember, just too much. And also what has helped me, being, especially being a professional, is I pick out my clothes for the week on Sunday. <laughs> I pick out all of my clothes for the week. I look in my closet. I tend to pick out the ones that don't have to be ironed or that has already been dry cleaned. I pick out my accessories. Like I mentally have everything ready. And in the front of my closet, they're kind of all hanging there. And I'll say, okay, this is what I'm wearing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on and so forth. And the same thing with my son. Thankfully, my son wears uniforms, but for the most part, I iron all of his shirts and pants on Sunday. And that has helped tremendously so that if I am running a little behind or I wanted to sleep in on a day, I know my clothes are ready. That, which is a big battle. How many times have we stared in our closet like, I have no idea what to wear. And then maybe we're a little down because we're like, oh, I'm wearing this again. And then you need more clothes when it's like, no, you don't need more clothes. You have all the clothes. It's just getting the time and not being overwhelmed by another decision to make. That has been another game changer for me. And I realize I've been doing that ever since middle school. I loved planning my clothes <laughs> and would, you know, love to do that. And I've I've just stuck with that. And yeah, that's helped tremendously. Sounds like you have quite a few systems in place. And I just want to back up for a second and say, I appreciate you mentioning that you might someday want to get a chef because as you were talking about all of those other things, I was thinking in my mind, well, she loves to cook. I wonder if she's going to mention anything about cooking. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that goes back to as much as we may love to cook, sometimes we just really love to have it done for us. So, yes. To having someone then do it for us, right? And all the time. But there's, you know, of knowing like, you know, let me bring someone in and they can make our meal for the week and, and have that balance. I think it's it's important and it's key. Yeah. I'm listening to you talk about how you have the system with picking out your outfits for the week. I personally could never do that because it's always what I wear is depending on my mood that morning. So the reason why I'm highlighting that is only because you probably have a lot of listeners that may some be like you and some be like me and some be somewhere in the middle. But how great is it that you set this example of sharing some of your systems so that someone can actually say, well, you know, it might be interesting to try something different. And I just want to highlight here that I think with every episode that you do, I'm confident because I haven't listened to all of your episodes, but I'm confident that every single one highlights something that is truly touching the heart of some of your listeners. And you should be very proud of that. No, absolutely. And it is. I mean, I know, oh goodness, I've said this to my husband a million and a times, and there will be times to be completely transparent or honest where I am either depleted and I'm like, okay, I have to go record this session. Or maybe I'm like, I don't know, you know, how is me and this person going to connect? Are we going to connect? And I might go in with some preconceived notions of, is the conversation going to flow? And those have tended to be some of the most powerful or the or the ones that I've gotten the most out of. And I'll run home and see my husband and he's like, 
he'll just see it on my face and I'm like, oh my God, I had, let me, he's like, let me guess, an amazing conversation. And I'm like, no, 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 but it was. And almost every single one has been that way, truthfully. You hit the nail on the head with that. And I appreciate you mentioning that because yeah, it is. I think every single episode can resonate with somebody where someone is dropping some kind of gem or some kind of wisdom of looking at things that they never thought of. I know a lot of other systems that I've had in place and things has been because I've listened to other moms or other women say, well, this has helped me. And to your point, yeah, not every system may work, you know, and people could be like, oh my gosh, I can't afford this or that. Let me tell you, my husband and I have worked hard to then be able to say there are things that I can pay for and other things I've had to sacrifice. I'm 38 years old and I busted my butt to say from a very young age, I wanted to make sure I had money for someone to do my nails and do my hair because I don't don't like to do it, right? So it, it was those little tweaks that even from young, I said, well, I'm going to make enough money and bust my butt to where I can afford to have that, right? So I just want to put that disclaimer because I know it can seem difficult and, and someone could be listening like, wow, to outsource that. But I think, and that could be a whole nother com- conversation about financial literacy and maybe, and, and, and that is something I definitely want to talk about on the podcast, especially of how my husband have got, and I have gotten to a place that we were basically debt-free until we just purchased our home. We had paid off our investment property. So again, my husband and I have set ourselves up. So I want to put that disclaimer out there because I know not many people can have that, but I do believe anything is possible. So if there is a goal, whether it's monetary whether it's anything in life, if there's one thing I think my podcast has showcased is that anything is possible with hard work, dedication, consistency. But without a plan or a clear-cut goal of where you want to be, then I think it makes it difficult. But yeah, if you have a goal, I think anything is achievable. And I truly believe that in my heart. I am confident that you do because we've had many conversations And I don't want you to discount with your disclaimer, the systems that you've actually talked about that don't cost anybody anything to be able to put in place. So whether or not you can afford to do some things that you'd like to do, doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of things that we can do and creating systems that will be in it, it, a sense in itself, an outsource to be able to help us function with more relaxation, more refreshing, refreshment, you know, feeling more grounded. And you've covered all of those things today. So thank you for being such a great example to all of your listeners. That being said, how can all of your listeners connect with you? Well, you could start by subscribing to the podcast. I am on Spotify, Apple, CastBox, Amazon Music, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it's the mamas, plural, M-A-M-A-S, no best. We got something to say. You can also go to themotherhoodvillage.com. You'll see webinars or workshops or things that I have that you can register for. Sometimes I do to where they're virtual. Other ones might be local, but you can always check there for events and subscribe to the website so that you're always up to date with things that I have going on. You could also listen to my podcast there as well. And you can follow me on Instagram at the period motherhood period village one or Nicole G Cumberbatch. And that's where my consulting page is. You've shared a lot with your listeners today, and there's so many exciting things that have happened since we met on the 50th episode. I hope to be able to come back 
an interview again on another milestone for you so that I can highlight some of the great things that happen with all the new things that are coming up on your, your podcast and your YouTube channel. That'll be very exciting uh, for you. And I want to be able to support you. Do you have any final thoughts about your podcast community? Number one, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. This is that, yes, our third time speaking. And since we've met, things have grown tremendously on so many aspects. You're on your side of things, my side of things, and just thankful for that. That's for sure. And looking forward to continuing to support one another. To my mamas out there listening, I think, yes, Lynn, you made a good point. Just know you don't have to suffer in silence know that you are appreciated and you are loved. And yeah, and it, you know, if you go back and listen to any of the episodes, for sure, you'll you'll get something and take something away. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for the support two and a half years in. I so am looking forward to bringing many more resources, many more important conversations, powerful conversations, empowering conversations to my community. And just thank you. And cheers to another hundred and two and a half more years to go. Congratulations. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's No Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out TheMotherhoodVillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for an another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.